Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday. Each month, I'll be sharing the little things that make me feel good, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Welcome to another episode of Simple Pleasures. This episode, I'm talking all things books and the joys that come with reading which wasn't always the case for me. Growing up dyslexic, reading felt like a chore. I couldn't follow the words easily across the page, and when I did, it was slow going, like dragging a spoon into a sticky jar of peanut butter. I found reading difficult and tiring, and it stopped me from discovering the magic in the pages. But something changed one summer. I found ways to read that felt good, better than good. They felt great. I can't tell you exactly how that happened as I don't remember, but dyslexic people often have a knack for finding really good workarounds and that's exactly what I did. I spent six weeks lazily reading in the hot sunshine in fields close to our house with my books balanced on my bike, tucked up in my favourite armchair in our kitchen, hiding from sudden summer rainstorms, and late at night, long after my bedtime. And that was it. After six weeks, I was hooked on reading, and it's never stopped. And with books came libraries. I can't remember my first time visiting my local library, but I do remember one particular trip, a week before another summer holiday was about to start. I was 11, and the thought of that long six-week break filled me with a giddy sense of unease. It wasn't that I was unhappy at home, but even at that age, I didn't feel truly comfortable there. It was a bit like when you went to visit a friend's house, and you didn't know all the rules or where things were, and sat up straighter than usual on the sofa. Except that I wasn't at a friend's house. I was in my home. But in my local library, I was free to explore and escape to other places, meet new people and understand the world around me a little better. There was a comfort I found in reading that I couldn't find at home. So on this particular trip, I must have spent the best part of an hour browsing the shelves and making my selections, carefully considering what kind of stories I wanted to get lost in. The pile got bigger, then smaller, then bigger again, until I finally had my six books, one for each week, which I took dutifully to the counter. My library card was, and remains, one of my most prized possessions, and I watched fascinated as the librarian scanned my card and stamped each book one by one. And by the time I was ready to leave, with my backpack full of stories, my nervousness started to dissipate and everything felt a little more doable. What I remember now is that my mum was in the grown-up section doing the exact same thing, carefully scanning and selecting her books, reading the first few pages to get a feel. At home, I'd often find her quietly tucked up somewhere, a heavy book on her lap, completely at peace and in her own world. It's only as an adult that I've begun to understand she probably found the exact same solace in books as I did. 
a calmness that we both longed for but couldn't find where we were, a secret magic that we never spoke about. Reading was and continues to be one of my all-time favourite simple pleasures. Whether curled up on a sofa with a blanket in tow, lazy summer afternoons laid out in the park, or stood up at the kitchen counter waiting for my tea to cook. So for this episode, I want to share a few of my favourite simple pleasures that come with reading. So let's get going. When an author perfectly captures something you find difficult to express. You feel it right in the centre of your chest and your heart drops. You reread the sentences again more slowly and you feel your heartbeat quicken. You thought it was just you. But this stranger understands. And not only understands, but has managed to describe the indescribable. It's like they've taken the thought right from out of your head, translated it into English, and distilled it to its very essence. A wave of relief washes over you. You're not alone. That feeling of falling behind of being jealous and embarrassed of being jealous of a friend, or of that melancholy when you're not sad, but not happy, but not numb either, and the aching of loving someone who doesn't love you back. The very humanness of being human. It's all there, in these printed words in front of you. So you underline them, or take a picture with your phone, which you'll forget about, and then re-find months later, and have the same experience all over again. Leaving drinks early to go home and read a book you can't put down. I really should stay out for another, but all I can think about is going home, getting into bed and picking up where I left off. I managed to squeeze in a couple of chapters before work, but now the wait is getting unbearable. I might physically be in a bar, but my brain is in another reality altogether, as it flicks through the narrative possibilities of what could happen next. And then I've got to go. I make my excuses and leave. And before I know it, I'm curled up at home, cosy and warm, tea and toast on the side. I grab the book and crack open the spine so the pages stay open easily. One big deep breath and the world around me slips away. I start to read and think about how I should savour the last few chapters, but I know inevitably that I won't, as I eagerly devour the words in front of me. I only stop to eat my toast and make another brew, and for once, there is nowhere I'd rather be. Reading a favourite book of a loved one. It's not your usual style, but you are determined to keep going. It's like a secret window into the soul of someone you love. They loved this book and you want to know why. You think it might reveal something you don't already know, or sort of know but don't fully understand yet. Or perhaps you're simply curious about what their reading choices says about them. Whatever the reason, The more you read, slowly it starts to come together. You feel the secondhand comfort in the metaphors and get a taste of another person's nostalgia. You notice words in their vernacular and wonder if this is where they learnt it. 
Over the years, I've read my family's favourite books as a way to feel close to them, to understand a hidden part of them, hoping it will give me the answers I secretly seek. I'm not sure they have, but reading the same words on the same pages, tracing the cover illustrations, holding the books they love in my hands, it's like a little piece of them is kept safe for me, tucked away in libraries across the world, and free for me to access whenever I need a little comfort. Buying yourself a new book. I very rarely buy myself new books. Instead, I like to rack up library finds, reserving so many at once that I feel overwhelmed by choice and often end up reading none at all. Or I'll pick up secondhand books in charity shops, buying old childhood favourites and love stories I rip through in one sitting. Or best of all, borrow from generous friends, where we switch books through our own personal library system. But every now and again, I can't help myself. It often starts with an innocent browse in a bookshop, eyeing up the colourful spines and slowly turning books over to read the blurbs placed strategically on display tables. Usually, I'm quite good at resisting temptation, dutifully taking photos of the books I want to find in the library or asking friends if they have a copy. But every now and again, there'll be one that I simply have to buy there and then. It's not enough to read it. I need to own it. I carry it around the store with me, double, triple checking that this is the one. I read the first page and quickly search for reviews, but I already know. Can envisage where it will sit on my bookshelf. And then, after half an hour or so of bookshop solace, I'm at the till, trying not to feel bad for spending a tenner on a book I could get out for free. But that tends to fade quickly once it's carefully placed into a paper bag. I hold it close to me all the way home, tucked under my arm, the paper rustling in the wind. This book is all mine. Talking about books with friends. I have a group chat which has four main topics on rotation. Work gossip, we all used to work together and still revel in the latest news and understand in detail specific workplace nuances and grievances we share. Plans to meet, a sometimes complex, sometimes breezy affair. Sex in the city related content, a personal favourite of our group. And book chat. Book recommendations fly in at random. One of us might send a photo of it on our bookshelf, another asks to borrow it when they're finished. Sometimes we'll move over to voice note to really get our point across, normally if it's either vehemently loved or hated. And what followed splinters off into tangents that would be hard for anyone else but us to follow. In this chat, I can be completely honest. I don't have to censor or worry that what I say will come across in the wrong way. We're generous with each other and nearly all messages end up being recognised with one if not three heart emojis. I'd say we all have wildly different tastes when it comes to books. But there's this magic crossover that occasionally happens where all four of us love the same one. We might share a favourite moment or a book it reminded us of, 
or laugh at characters that are lovably unlovable. You might even get a message back in all caps saying, I know, or I loved this, which fills my heart with the same boundless joy I got from reading the book in the first place. And there are so many more. I haven't even touched on the smell of bookshops or organising your bookshelves, or when a book ends in the exact way you'd hoped for, or even better, when you realise it's a series and you've got another two to read with another still in the works. Then there's the nostalgia of rereading your favourite childhood book as an adult and picking up on storylines that went right over your head or giving a young person in your life a copy of a formative tale for guidance. Plus the way there is a book for nearly every mood and the joy in finding a new word that you start to use in your everyday conversations. What about when you talk to a friend about a book that you both loved? Or find one on sale that you've been wanting to read for ages? Or the perfectly chosen books given as presents? With inscriptions lovingly written in the front cover, where you can trace the indents of the biro with your fingertips? Like my childhood library, with books, the simple pleasures go on and on forever. For this episode's prompt, I want to invite you to think about something you love, whether that's books like me, or playing video games, cooking, visiting museums, whatever it is that brings you joy, and list all the simple pleasures you can think of. I encourage you to write these down, whether that's on a piece of paper or on your phone. Set a timer for three minutes and see how many you can think of. Nothing is too small. And after the time is up, look at the list and notice how the joy goes on and on and on. Sometimes it's easy to not let yourself indulge completely in what feels good. But I hope by making your own lists, it will help you start to notice the endless joy there is to be found in the things that you love. And sometimes that's not just the act itself, so for example reading, but everything that comes with it. The sound of turning a page, the way the light flickers across the page chasing the passing of time, the glee of talking to a friend about a story you can't get enough of and devouring every interview online with a newly beloved author. Try it and see how you get on. I hope that it gives you even more incentive to make time for the things that bring you joy. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more simple pleasures before the next episode, then you can find me on Instagram at It's The Simple Pleasures, where I share my day-to-day, everyday joys, from hot, buttery toast to having a chat in the supermarket. Hope to see you there. Until next time.